Welcome to our transfer special. This is a look at what is happening in a January transfer window, what's happened so far and what we think might happen going forward. Joining me again, we have Alex Pereira, Graham Falk and Sandra Broby. And we mentioned in, in the other pod that you can listen to now about Villa beating Spurs. And one of the surprising ones, although it might not be a surprise to you guys, it certainly was to me, was, was Jordan Nobbs leaving to go to Arsenal. I, I didn't see that coming. I know she wants game time, obviously, but it's one of those. She seemed really happy at Arsenal. I know you were there, weren't you, Alex and Sandra, to see her sort of get um, a send-off, a, a good send-off at the Emirates. But um, Villa have brought her and, and Lucy Staniforth in, so that's good business for them. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, it's a lot... Now they've got quite a, a good mix of seasoned international players alongside the young up-and-coming um, stars like Freya Gregory and Laura Blinkilder. I mean, to have Lucy Staniforth and Jordan Nobbs in there alongside Kenza Darley, Kirsty Hansen on loan, and then, of course, um, Rachel Daly, that's really astute business for Aston Villa in, in both transfer windows. And it certainly gives them a platform in terms of the you know both but in terms of being more dangerous up top which they they kind of now are um especially with daily now you know the league currently the league's top scorer and then but then also the kind of threat that they now may pose um when they face teams around them but then certainly teams higher up the table i mean i we we saw what they're capable of or a glimpse of what they could be capable of when they um had that surprise kind of 4-3 victory against City so bringing that experience in particularly players who've you know got silverware success they're seasoned internationals like Jordan Nobbs like Rachel Daly um, and you know and Kenza Daly in terms of uh, what she does with France that's that's a boost for um, Villa but definitely you know it, it's it's good to see Nobbs and Stanley forth in there and in the mix with with um, what Carla Ward's trying to do with the team. Yeah, I mean, there's not been loads of transfers so far in the WSL. It's been it's certainly by the top teams. It's been mainly the teams who were in those chasing positions for Europe and in mid-table who've been bringing people in. So Liverpool, for example, brought in Gemma, Bomber, Gen, Gemma Bonner from Racing Louisville, Sophia Lundgaard from Fortuna Horing in Norway, and uh, Fuka Nagano from North Carolina Courage. So... Matt Beard, I know, told uh, the waiting press today that they're expecting one more to come in and then that will be them done. So four signings for them, looking to strengthen. Um, and as we mentioned in the other pod, they probably do need to strengthen a little bit, don't they? Yeah, I, I think if today's result tells you anything, if you're a manager you're looking at that and thinking, do I need to strengthen? Can I strengthen? I know there's interest in um, Sam Kerr from Rangers. Uh, not the Sam Kerr. I think that would be a hard transfer to pull off. Well, um, Alex has just got, uh, got up off the floor there. You... <laughs> um, unfortunately, they couldn't convince her. Um, but Sam, obviously, is, is someone I've watched up here. She's one of our, um, from a Scottish perspective, she's one of the best players. I think she just won Scottish Player of the Year, actually, um, for the national team. And she's she's gradually become more and more important for on an international stage. And um, from a perspective of her at Rangers, she's, she's vitally important and she plays at that kind of number eight, sort of number 10 role, but she can also like drift wide and play on the, the right of a, a front sort of four as well. I don't think that's going to happen this window. I think there's a, I, I think from as far as I understand, 
the fee is not something that they can agree on at the moment, whether that's Liverpool don't want to pay that much just yet or Rangers want too much. I, I genuinely don't know. Um, so I don't think we'll see her come in at this point. So it'll be interesting to see who the other players they bring in and and what position it'll be. Um, I think when you look through Liverpool's team, I think it'll be interesting coming into the season, especially if they stay up, which I think they will. Um, because they've got a lot of players out of contract. How many of those are they going to keep? And how many of those are they going to replace with the likes of, say, a Sam Kerr or something like that? Are they potentially looking in the Scottish leagues? There's a lot of a lot of business to be done up here, I would say. There's a lot of good young players starting to come through. Um, Sam Kerr, if, if, they're, if that's a player that they have on their radar, then I would suggest that would be a, a great sign. And I think she's, she'll fit into the WSL absolutely fine. Um, but I'd be interested to see if he who he's going to bring in as the fourth player and how he fits them into the squad because it depends on the position. But um, they've been a little bit unlucky with with the injuries up top, obviously, of the season that they had. Um, I think it might be someone that further up top that they want to bring in as well. I don't know. But obviously, Katie Stengale's done quite well, regardless of, of that. Obviously, she got two in the first game of the season and has done sporadically okay, considering they don't score that many goals. But I think, I think for Liverpool, I think for them... The biggest achievement they could have this season is just staying up. Um, once you keep the team in the league, then then you can start to build. Because it's funny, like I know Liverpool in like the women's tiers have not been as successful as the men's team, but it's still Liverpool. It's still a place you can go and and you know one <laughs> one day you never know the, the the chairman that are there and chair people that are there might just pump loads of money and all of a sudden it's one of the better places to be. That can weirdly happens sometimes in, in obviously the WSL and stuff like that. And I think, I do think over the past couple of years, Liverpool are doing things a little bit better than they had done previously. And Matt's a really good manager. He's been there. He's done it. We've all seen his record. And I think he'll think he can take this team on a little bit further than where they are at the moment. But I think he's probably been really realistic and thinking, need a couple of bodies in, we've got three in, get another one in, then look towards the future, keep the, keep our heads above water try and keep ourselves in the league and um, stay above your Brightons, your Reddens, your Leicesters, make sure we're like anywhere between 8th and 10th, I think, basically, um, and then build from there. And then let's see how we can can move this team forward. I think it'll be more of an interesting summer for them than it will be an interesting January because of the amount of players that are out of contract. Yeah, in- interesting as well, Sandra, from an Arsenal point of view, as I say, Jordan Nobbs, has left. She's the only one who's gone out of the building at the minute at Arsenal. But they've brought in three. They've brought in Victoria Pullover for an undisclosed fee from Ajax. They've also brought in Catherine Kuhl from Nordsland in Denmark. And that is also for a undisclosed fee. And they've also brought in Sabrina D'Angelo from Vitso GIK as well. So interesting that they strengthened pretty early. He's gone pretty early, hasn't he, on the side of Alan's transfer window? Well, he's had to, isn't it? Because obviously... You know, um, the loss of of Mead and Miedema combined, that's a lot of goals mm. there and a lot of assists. So, I mean, he had to go in early, particularly um, given, you know, Arsenal obviously want to sustain their push for the title. And then they've got, um, they're in the Champions League, the FA Cup, um, League Cup. So if they're challenging on all fronts like that, he's had to move quickly, um, uh, you know, and you just can't afford to to waste any time. And and I guess there's with some of the signings who joined last summer as well. There's likely in a her tickets finding that the feet isn't it in terms of in, you know being more clinical in front of goal. So 
given and, and you have to I guess they're mindful obviously with the with with what's happened with injuries with obviously both Mead and Mead and Mar being out but then obviously having lost Kim Little for that period just um you know before the end of last year but thankfully she's back that I guess they just want to make sure they've got a, a lot more a bit more depth um, should any well touch wood if any other injuries were to occur particularly around the midfield and forward ranks so they had to move early definitely I'm not surprised by that Chelsea Alex they um, they've brought in a forward Maika Hamano from Japan and immediately loaned her straight out to Hammer BIF so obviously they've not replaced Beth England completely do you think they'll look to replace her with someone else and where else do you think they maybe need to strengthen I think potentially they could replace Bethany England, but I think Chelsea signing Michael Mano is a very good signing because obviously there was rumblings on Twitter and in the Woso stratosphere, so to speak, that there were teams going in for her and she was coming to the WSL, but no one quite knew which team she was going to and it turned out to be Chelsea. But I think Chelsea are definitely going to need to strengthen with Penilla Harder still being out and she's such an integral part of Chelsea and with her contract up in the summer her and Magdalena Eriksson are both out of contract mm-hmm. in the summer and there's rumblings of them going potentially to Lyon or to Real Madrid Chelsea could look now to sort of plan ahead of time to replace those slots so I don't think Emma Hayes will go too crazy but then again Todd Bowley just seems to be splashing the cash. So who who actually knows what mo- mood he's going to be in? But I don't think it's too much of an issue per se, but I think they will potentially look to get in someone to sort of play that Penilla Harder role. But just also, just on Arsenal, I do think Mana Iwabuchi needs a move away from Arsenal. She's not getting the game playing time. Like, she should have come on against Chelsea today, didn't. She just doesn't seem to be getting game playing time and for a player of her quality and with her probably having aspirations to go to the world cup this summer she's wasting her time just sitting on the bench never getting picked at arsenal so you know if villa i can't remember the other team who is also potentially going in for her if one of those two teams can get her and get her game playing time then that's going to be instrumental for her because there's no point in her yeah everyone wants to play for a big club like arsenal chelsea united city whatever, but like if she's not getting game playing time, it's just incredibly stupid on all parts. It's it's a shame for the player, it's stupid for the manager. So like it's just one of those things that if a player is good enough to play and she wants to play but she's not getting the game playing time, then perhaps even just if it's a lone move away, it would probably benefit her. Man United have been rumoured apparently for Irabucci. I can just see um, Sandra and Graham chatting amongst it. Do you think it realistically that could happen? I mean, it'd be a really good signing that for Man United, wouldn't it? It it would, but um, me and Sandra just speaking there privately in the chat, and um, we're saying they'd be a little bit stacked. I mean, Borussia can't get in the team at the moment. I know Borussia can play another couple of different positions, but I mean, Vilda's been making noises about not playing enough games. I contracts up at the end of the season. There's a World Cup year. If they bring in Iwabuchi, I'd be like, if she stays, it's like that meme, isn't it? This is fine and the house is on fire. Um, yeah, she'd undoubtedly be a quality signing. Don't get me wrong. Somehow Chelsea managed to stack their team with like 
quality players and keep everyone happy. But um, a lot of the chat in the Man United fan base is that there's a lot of players that Mark doesn't keep happy. And that's a lot of the unhappiness with a lot of Man United fans. Might us be the devil get to that? Was look where you are in the league. You win the game, you go top. You win that game in hand, you top the league. So Mark, I'm sure will say he's doing it right, and I'm inclined to agree with him. But I think if you brought in another player, it's going to have to be someone that's going to go straight in the squad without doubt. For me, I've said for a while, and I know William scored today. I know Martha Thomas scored today. I get that, but you need someone who's going to push Russo for actually being the centre forward. Have they got that kind of money? I don't know. Um, and obviously, a fallback. You need a right back. You need left back because if Hannah Blundell gets injured, or owner gets injured, you're knackered. Um, it's my professional way to say it. You'd be knackered. Um, and I know they've been looking at fullbacks. Nothing. Jade Riviere, obviously free agent. She's heavily rumoured. I believe she's close to choosing a club, but they, they need replacements, at least someone who can compete with the, the fullback positions and so on. I think he'll really push um, unless you're up top. But then the Man United fans listening to this will say, well, first and foremost, can all those players you've mentioned that need kind of backups sign a contract first and foremost? <laughs> um, there's a lot going on at Man United. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, and, and you know, like we touched and touched it before on the other podcast about Hayley Ladd. She's got an extension and an option. Mary uh, Mary Epps has got an extension as well, and an option on the club side. But neither of those contracts have been signed or extended as yet. And I think they're as almost as important because of the way Haley Ladd plays and the fact that, in my opinion, Mary Epps is probably one of, if not the best goalkeeper in the league. Um, if I was Man United, I'd get as many tied down as you can, then convince the ones that you're not too sure. But I think they're going to struggle to hold on their owner, if I'm completely honest with you, because I just think at the minute she's the best right back in Europe. It'd be interesting for Man United, I think we'll start seeing a little bit more in the coming weeks, I think, at Man United. I certainly hope so, because I'll have something to write about. So. Alex, quickly, do you think Peniel Harder and, and Ericsson will stay? I think at the minute it's 50-50. I think, so I feel like they're very much a package deal. So if one signs, the other will. But if say, Magdalena signs for, like, Leon, then I think Penilla will follow her. So I think it's 50-50. I think it's going to come down to a lot of things. If Chelsea potentially win the Champions League, oh, I think 100% they'll stay. So they want to build on that legacy. But if they don't, then it's 100% 50-50 between them staying and going. Sandra Brighton have been the most active so far. They've brought in four. Diana Stefanovic from Valerenga, Gura Bergsvang from Bran. So both two from Norway and then two from America. Brianna Visali for an undisclosed fee from Houston Dash and Zoe Morse for, and also for an undisclosed fee from Chicago Red Star. So they're making moves to move up the table. Yeah, certainly. And um, with, with um, Brianna Vis- Visali in particular, as someone you've got someone there who... You know the experience of playing at the top flight in 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 America, but then also previous WSL experience from playing for West Ham and I think Birmingham City. So they've got some kind of experienced players there who who will certainly well it adds depth to the team. But it, you know if they're wary of of injuries, but um, yeah, I guess it's about I guess waiting to see how it all gels together for Jen Shure. But um, yeah, it's good for them to have those in the team, particularly given the number of departures that Brighton had um, in the summer with the likes of obviously Aileen Whelan and um, a- Aileen Whelan, Myla Tissier, um, 
and Ellie, Ellie Brazil and, and various others all departing. That's a, a, a huge hit they kind of took in the, in the summer. So it's good that they've brought those, those players in, in particular, someone like um, Vasali, who has both the NWSL experience playing at Houston Dash alongside Rachel Daly when she was there, but then also the experience of playing in the WSL too. Okay, then. So if there's one rumour, is is either a rumour or one that you know is going to happen, um, well, we speak now or forever hold your peace. I'll start with you, Graham. I know you like a, a juicy rumour. I love it. I love transfer. I think it's great. I think... Um... I'm sure the managers and the players absolutely hate it, but I think it's it's great that so many people care. Um, I've wanted this for years, and, and I'm sure the players have as well. And it's great to have people talking about who's going to potentially sign a contract as well. You know, we're talking five years ago, some players signing a contract would have been used. So it's it's fantastic to see where it's it's moving. But um, yeah, but slow in the uptake in the past week, if I'm honest with you. I think Jade Rivier is close to choosing a team. I wish I knew who that was. I really hope and wish I knew it was Manchester United. So that would fill in my, my job in the morning. But um, I think obviously there'll be a few teams chasing that. I believe Leon are interested as well. I could be completely wrong with that, though. I know Manchester United are definitely interested. Uh, the Lisa Nelson one's quite interesting because I asked Mark about Lisa Nelson during the week. And he said, um, I promise you, if we sign a player, um, we will talk about them extensively, which is not as cryptic as Mark normally is. Um, and I think it's pretty wildly rumoured that they've had a bit accepted, but then, well, it's more or less confirmed by the fact that she came out and discussed what it would be like to move to Man United and shared some doubts on it. Um, I have my doubts that one's going to happen. I also have my doubts about one. I think that's actually not that much of a... It's certainly not an exclusive. I think a lot of people know about Julia Grosso and Manchester City. Um, my understanding is that interest has been there since the summer. It's a strong interest. It's an interest that I think Grosso would at least like to discuss with Manchester City. Um, but the figures are just so far apart. I can't see it happening. I think as far as I'm aware, the last I heard, and I don't know if this is an instalment or a pay up front or what, but Juve were looking for like 400,000. And I'm like, whoa, um, she's good. But that's a lot of money for like potentially very, very, very good. Um, and as we all know, Manchester City do have money, but do they see value in that? I think they really want her as a player, but I spoke again to Gareth during the week prior to the, the West Ham game. And I asked him about, um, I said, do you think there'll be more transfers you know, in this window? And I meant Manchester City. And he went, yes, I think a lot of clubs are going to make moves in this window, <laughs> which is quite a good way out of it, to be fair. So fair, fair play, Gareth. But um, he spoke more about outgoings. He said some of the younger players are potentially going to go out on loan, get sort of regular game time so they can continue their progression as um, professional footballers. But um, he seemed, he said there's another two weeks left. Um, I assume Man City are not just targeting one player. And I assume Grosso will be something I'll retain an interest in. But I think maybe Juve's asking price as far too much at the moment. Can they go back and have a bit more of a discussion? As far as I'm aware, it's quite far apart at the moment. Not on because the player doesn't want to come, not because... Um, I mean, I don't know if she wants to come. She, I think she's interested in speaking to it as far as I understand um, and at least exploring it. But the figure is so far apart. What Man City, I think, think is good value in comparison to um, what UV class is, what they actually want. But again, I've, I've not been in the room for any of those conversations, so it's um, it could be far different to what I understand, but there's a few people have mentioned very similar things to me, and I think 
Grosso is one they would want, but I think the price is going to have to change, or at least some negotiation is going to have to happen between the two clubs. Sandra, you got anything? Anything that you've heard? Unfortunately, not. I know that some Man United fans are asking um, about. Well, they were just querying something to do with one of the a member of the squad in terms of whether they would remain. But I don't have any details that I can share at this moment in time. Alex, have you got a rumor at all? Not to my knowledge, but I do have a sneaky feeling that Chelsea are going to go back in for Grace Gayoro. They went in in the summer. They went in twice. Both bids were rejected. But she was like very keen on the move to West London. So I feel like they will potentially put in a bid for her. If not this transfer window, then definitely in the summer. Perhaps if Chelsea, like I say, if Chelsea win the Champions League, she'll definitely want to come to Chelsea. But I feel like Grace Gayoro to Chelsea isn't isn't quite done yet. I feel like there's going to be another twist or a saga in that at some point. Interesting one quickly uh, from abroad. Obviously, the massive story that went over there last year about uh, Amanita Diallo and uh, Hamrawi. Well, obviously, that um, ended up in tears for Diallo. She was um, eventually sentenced to three months in prison. And she's just signed for Levante in Spain to kind of get away from the media spotlight. It's one that's gone under the radar a little bit, but it's a really, really interesting transfer, that one, isn't it? It's weird how that whole incident came about. Like, this, just, when you read about it, there's just so many things that just don't make sense. Like, the French police saying that she pretended to be a man, or she had, like, split personality disorder... I don't know what is true and what's not, so I'm not going to comment on that. But it's just, the whole thing is so, so bizarre. So, like, her going to Levante on loan was probably a good thing for her. But it is, again, just such a bizarre story. No, absolutely. Uh, and on that note, we'll finish it. Um, Graham, Sandra, Alex, th- thanks for joining us and uh, rounding up the transfer window for us so far. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me too. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TWFP1. We are the Women's Football Podcast on Instagram and subscribe as well. And then it'll go to your tablet or wherever you listen to your podcast. You'll get it as soon as we upload the episode. I've been Luke Edwards. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you all very soon.